So where are we at now? It's the end of the year. It's the end of the year. I know. I don't know. I mean, there's so many different things going on. I, um, a lot of cool shit happening. There's a lot of cool stuff happening. There's a lot of cool things in the pipeline, which we could probably talk about next time because we're going to be shooting some bigger we're, videos yeah, we're coming up. Enough. I don't know. I've just been kind of thinking about specifics of things and dialing in things. We, I talked, um, we were recording here last night, filming the thing for the new tamper. And I was right. like, let me just record the news right now. Oh, cool. Um, so I recorded my portion of the news and talking about naming coffees and mm -hmm. how how we talk about coffee mm, i kind of think just, of Ascendas. yeah i just kind of asked everybody for help i was like here's here's the thing like if you're i'll probably just redo the news right here but whatever well these people don't get to see the news. yeah the um the coolest thing about guest service is you get to meet people wherever they're at mm -hmm. and that's where you get to put your own personal spin on what's going on like you come in and i have to immediately assess you you know so right. i'm like oh um not just by how you look but by the language that you're using yeah. you know and everybody needs something different so in terms of coffee some people just want their coffee and they want to leave they don't want to talk about it they just want a cup of coffee mm -hmm. that's fine they're here for the atmosphere they're here for the environment they just want coffee and they want right. to get out of there some people want a little bit more you know if you're a barista it's easy to spot those cues you know if someone comes in and they're asking about your grinders or if they're dropping processing techniques or if they're naming varieties or you know anything that it's like oh you may be working coffee right. or wearing your coffee clothes or you're fully geeked out yeah, yeah exactly wearing yeah. a coffee shirt or a sweatshirt or whatever that's like a, a sign where you can open up the door and talk more about it so mm -hmm. every guest is different hey quick tip on that one though everybody except for the people wearing your coffee clothes are the ones to think about like you can still talk to them like that but people who are repping your brand don't necessarily apply the same way and Meaning it, like, you know what I'm saying? Like people like this stuff and they probably will. I'm just saying it's interesting. It's more interesting to notice when people wear coffee clothes from other companies. Right. Then, you know, they're really trying to talk coffee. They're on a coffee versus, tour or This something. is my favorite local coffee shop and yeah. I represent. Exactly. Yeah, anyway, just yeah it's a good. It's a fun little thought. No, it's a, that's, that's real. I won't engage people in our shop for wearing our clothes with the exception of, hey, that's nice. Where'd you get that? Something cheesy and dumb for fun. Yeah. And we probably and know them talk. really well already. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. If, they're, if they're in the local scene. I sure scene. hope so. <laughs> I sure hope so. So, so yeah, you that's, were talking that's about that. That's where you get to kind of flex, you know, that's your art. And then what I was making, I was making an ask to where it's like, hey, you're way closer to the coffee than I am. Mm -hmm. So I need your help. Everybody behind the counter, I need your help. You know, you brew the coffee every day, right. you unload the retail bags, you merch the shelf, you taste it, you're you're in the zone. Like even if I cupped three or four times a week, you would still be in contact with the coffee more than me. Yeah. It's one of the coolest things about having employees. They're kind of carriers of the culture. So mm -hmm. I was saying with Cat and Cloud team members, you know, whether it's um people you work with in the cafe or people in the roastery, people in marketing, whatever, it's let's talk about coffee with a ton of specificity. Mm -hmm. Like let's get in there. So if I come into the cafe, I don't want to hear people saying when I ask what's on SO, you know, like the Brazil. Brazil, yeah, you know, or Costa Rica or whatever, you know, I was mm -hmm. like, if it's, if it's someone on our team, let's talk about it. Let's, you know, let's say like, okay, I got, um, Tonio from the Aguilera brothers in yeah. Costa Rica, you know, it's Via Sarchi, you know, bonus mm -hmm. points for, you know, varietals and elevations or any sure. other snippets you might know. Like, you know, if you read the bean bio, you would maybe know that, oh, you know, uh, Jared, who's one of the owners actually took his first origin trip 
to Costa Rica and he met the Aguilera brothers and he knows this farm. Like mm-hmm. we can do that with our team all the time. And it helps to build the culture of coffee because the cool thing about coffee is like everything that we have, like has a story, like every yes. coffee that comes through our door has already lived a life before it got to us. And Big that's time. something to be celebrated. Mm-hmm. And sure, you know, maybe not every guest wants to hear about it, but people in the company should. Yes. And I get how it is intimidating to, you know, if you've never talked about coffee like that, it's, it feels like a lot of stuff to remember. It can feel, feel a little bit like a test at school. Yeah, sometimes. You exactly. can get anxiety with it. I feel you. But it's like pick one or two things. And we can practice with each other, which is a completely safe place. You know, I'm not going to burn somebody and be like, you fucked up. It's like, if we all do this together, right. we build the culture of being the place that does that. And mm-hmm. we're celebrating the coffees that we have. And then because of that, like the level of everybody raises, like it sets right. a new bar for expectation to where it's like, oh yeah, at Cat and Cloud, we talk about coffee like this. Right. And then we're expected to know more about the coffee. And then the culture just the culture just spins at mm-hmm. some point it becomes easy. It's not intimidating. It's yeah. like, Oh yeah. We're just the place that we know a lot about the coffee. And then mm-hmm. that, if we practice with ourselves, then it's really easy to give the guests who want a lot what they need. Right. You know, if someone comes in wearing the, you know, I got the fucking fanny pack from this coffee shop and then I got my coffee black shirt on or whatever, we can be like, Oh, let me talk to you about this coffee. Right. Cause I've practiced this 15 times with everybody on my team. So I can tell you this, that boom, boom, boom. And I know how to taste it. Like, so that's kind of what I talked about. That's awesome. Speaking with specificity. Yeah. And if you're intimidated too, sometimes at the beginning, it's like everybody, if everybody's interested and they're doing their part to find something interesting, whether they're, you don't have to be perfect, right? So say you might find two things really interesting that are completely different than the two things that I find interesting, but you can hear each other talking about them. You don't have to, you don't have to know everything about the coffee. As you said before, bonus points for things like cultivar and all that stuff. But yeah. Still, you could just say, great, this is intimidating for me. I'm going to pick these two things. And I'm going to start there. And then you just listen to what everybody else says. Or maybe you find out that you're kind of the influencer and that everybody's saying what you have to say. And then you can be like, cool, well, that's landed. Maybe I'll find something else to talk about and go back in because that's all sunk in. And you're right. The culture can be so much more fun. I liked that part too, just because it allows you to kind of be an individual in terms of engaging with the thing that you're most excited about the coffee first and then kind of layer in on top of that. Meaning, you know, it's like, great. If I'm excited personally because this coffee tastes a certain way and whatever, the Tonio brothers, I met them. So those can be my two things to start, even though I know a lot more. And if that's important to me, then I'm like, yeah, this coffee to me tasted really exciting because of this. And I met them and I played soccer with them and I met their kids and it was a great time. And it was one of the first coffees that we ever had on our menu. It was the first coffee that we ever had on our menu along with one other. And that's what somebody else might say. Great. Then you can take it to the next level next yeah. time. Or maybe you hear somebody else be like, yeah, and it's this variety that's kind of crazy because they put these two things together and you're like, oh, cool. I heard them say that. That's neat. We could talk about that. Yeah. I it's, like that. It's like the setup to be able to, you know, not just information blast someone, but to be able to have the conversation right. about coffee. You know, what do you got on SO? Oh, boom, boom, boom. We have this. And to be able to ask, you know, what do you like about it? And rather than have people say, it's good. Yeah. I like it. Like, oh, you know, I, it tastes like this, that, and the other. And I thought that was cool. Cause like, this is kind of the perfect morning for right. something like that. And then, you know, I heard that this, that like, you know, it's just, it's fun. It's, yeah. it's like when you go to a bartender and you know, you're supposed to be at a really awesome place and they're like, what do you want? And you're like, well, you know, what do you like? Make me, make yes. me whatever you love. And they're like, 
Well, I don't know. It's like, dude, come on. Yeah. Seriously? You don't know? Yeah. You're a fucking bartender. Like, like this is your job. Like, this is what you do. Yeah, make like, me something good. And I get that, like, half the time people do that, they probably want to make sure you get what you want. But it also makes you look really unprofessional because you're supposed to be the person who lives, eats, sleeps, and breathes this stuff. And, like, when you're saying, like, I don't know. Right. It just tells me that you're not that into your job, and that's just not inspiring. No, I feel you. You can always give yourself a nice barrier of entry to allow yourself to be successful with all of this stuff. And that's essentially the point. Start simple, taste it, give yourself a couple tasting or talking points to use. And then even if you're in a freeze, you always can fall back on that. It's the same reason we tell everybody to offer the answer and whatever your favorite coffee you've tasted. Yeah. I <laughs> you talked know? to Alyssa today and she's like, what'd you get? I was like, I got the Reina. She's like, oh, that was my pick for concierge choice. It's just so warm and cozy, and it feels just so comforting in the morning. There and you I was go. like, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. I backed that up I so hard. I that today. Yeah. But she chose it. Yeah. I was like, give me one of the single origins, whichever one you choose. And that was what she picked. And I didn't ask her why. I was like, thanks. That's what I wanted right now is you to pick for me, and I'll go taste it and decide how I feel about it right now with my espresso. My espresso. Yeah, it's a good thing to ask. I think there's so much opportunity for people to engage and enjoy their their work in simple ways, and we talk about it all the time. That's a really simple way for so many coffee companies to win. Yeah. So that's kind of where my head's been at. Recording that was pretty rewarding. I was like, oh, this is fun, because Mm -hmm. where we're at now, we're not deeply involved in the day-to-day operations. Mm -hmm. There's a group of people who take care of the operations and build the foundation of cat and cloud retail experience. Right. And we're partially there to support them Mm -hmm. also to see what's possible going forward. But then there's all these little nuggets of things that we just have because of so many years of experience that are hard to directly translate. And, Doing they're easy the, to forget too. Yeah, they're, it's they're easy, easy to, to forget that they could be so powerful. It's easy to gloss over yeah. them. Yeah, or just like, oh yeah, there's so many things that I know that I haven't really formalized, condensed, and put out there. So doing the news in an intentional way is almost—it's like those training videos that we've talked about, but just in a more basic format. Yeah, it was actually a trip. This dude who um, he found his way into sourcing green coffee via tech. He got into coffee. He's a tech guy. And then he started Triple Coffee, which is essentially like curated coffee tasting for people. And it started in the tech world. But all that to say is like he just decided, I'm going to go green buy and learn how, to learn how to buy coffees and source them and blah, 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 right? So he's one of the people, he found one of the geishas we're going to have in Honduras. And I met him there last time. And big personality and all that. But what was funny is last night he hit me up. He's all, hey. I'm in Guatemala and I've got this, I'm going to send you like a half pound. You and your buddies can share. I just want to share it with you. I'm at this place called Inherto and I'm bring, I'm sending you, <laughs> I'm sending you some geisha from Inherto and it's bonkers, really expensive though. And I'm all, yeah, I mean, Inherto is one of the most famous farms in all of Guatemala and some town was like a big part of making them famous. And he's like, what really? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, and I think it was a Pacamara. He's all, yeah, they've won COE. And I was like, a bunch of times. <laughs> a bunch of times. <laughs> and then it's just exactly that. He's all, whoa, I'm so new to all this. I had no idea. Yeah. And he's all, I just like the backstory. That's cool to know. They made a, Stumptown made a mug back in the I day. I remember. That had like Aguirre on it. It, it was like, like a whole his, kit. Like a profile of his face. And oh, like, right. Yeah. It yeah. was like an actual picture of. Uh, I think that's his name, Arturo Aguirre, if I'm right. I'm like 98% it, sure. It's a name I remember, right. and I don't remember if that's where from, but yeah. I believe you. And Finca you're good with that. Yeah, they definitely have Pacamara there because I, that was what Kevin used one year. It was like right. half 
think Bourbon, half Pacamara. I can't yeah. remember the other one. I just remember. I mean, and it's but funny yeah. though. Like we're to the That's point hilarious. in coffee where he's like, well, that was a cool little history lesson you just gave me. And to me, and probably you, it's like, well, that's just what Inherto is. Yeah. We all know Inherto, right? Yeah. It's like Apparently not. That. No. Apparently not. People you don't know. know a lot. Which is... <laughs> yeah. They won COE this year, and I'm like, that's not a surprise. <laughs> they <laughs> that's pretty much like they've been, decades. They've been doing They're placing at least every year. That's so. funny. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. And I wonder, I've been thinking about that kind of a lot. Like how much... It's both intimidating in the context of how much we could help unpack and teach people while having not a lot of time and direct access to do it, to actually physically speak into it day to day. And just wondering how much of the stuff is, would be helpful versus how much was just really interesting and rad for the time being is not more than maybe stories and traditions that will be cool at some point, but are not necessarily important to our company and culture right now I, i've been just thinking about that a little bit and like what is what are those things i think there's a way to put them put everything out there in bite-sized nuggets yes and kind of see what people are gravitating we've been playing around with towards, that that you know idea what I mean? through the executive meetings on fridays right like michael weiser put together that little content corner and i think that's probably what i was thinking about is like what are the little bite-sized nuggets that we can keep throwing out you're right. I think that's the way to do it. And I, I, I would find a lot of fun in that, I think. And I think the news is also a good place to do that informally. Sure. Because it happens every week. So it's really low stakes. Yes. And there's like one portion of the news that's very functional, right? Where, oh, oh here's what uh, our company county is mask doing. mandate changed, sure. you know? So this is the new mask mandate for Cat and Cloud. Also, this coffee is coming up. Like those things happen. Sure. And then there's like one section of it that can be just kind of purely inspirational or connects you mm -hmm. to the the soul of what is going on or where we came from yeah yeah there's a lot of i think what it is is trying to identify which they're all there i mean if i just go back through journals or even on my base camp on notes of things to talk about it's like we could probably find a lot to do and i, I look forward to kind of starting to share a little bit of those things i think in, i like the idea of sharing them in the in like the more formal way of that will create these little snippet videos that'll theoretically live on either youtube or patreon or both or etc yeah. and and then the team internally can get access to them no matter what for education's sake i've been <clears throat> i know i sent you that that one of the classic jareds although it's been a long time oh the spark yeah well julia is actually the one who sent me that <laughs> and she sent you that she sent me that no way but it the reason is i mean it's very similar to your why discovery shit yeah. right it's they're just all pretty they're similar. all similar in their own right um but when i took mine though the thing that was really interesting and cool was uh, it only gives you three things it gives you like your main thing your supporting thing and then like the thing that's gonna and it's all about energy mm. so it's all about what's gonna give you the most energy and kind of the way you would approach it um, and I, I'll probably will get the book, but to, to read more, but what it validated for me, which I've, you, you kind of always know this stuff. If you start exploring is that like my main thing is to be a maker creator, right? Which is, can be anything. It can be like physically, it can be vision ideas. It can be basically what we've been doing here in this company in some capacity. Right. But the key for myself is that I have to actually be doing it or else I'm not going to be filled up. And then the other part though is might seem obvious to everybody else but to me it's been something that i've always said like when it comes down to like music and he quoted verbatim what i've used used to say and have said my whole life it's like i can picture this thing exactly and i can't make it and 
the statement is essentially like for people like you and this style, that's absolutely normal. The key is to slowly but surely consistently put time into the things that matter. Right. Because you're going to find yourself doing that in a lot of different places and to to pick the things and consistently show up because eventually you will be able to make those things if you do. Yeah. And And it was more the validation of, you're the kind of person who can see something but can find yourself living in a frustrated space because you either, which I've come to learn here with, with you and this company, is you either need to ask for help and get people to help you create the vision or you need to find ways to, if, it was, if I were to say music, something that I've always wanted to do, create some sort of, for lack of a better term, we'll call it album, but I'll call it tracks, right? Tracks of music that I'm proud of that mm-hmm. I'd like to actually make. It's like you have to just plug away at it knowing that you're not going to be able to make what you want, but being able to just keep plugging away and know that it's in you that you will be able to create it because you can have that. You have the vision, so it's avail- you can make it. But oftentimes we get so frustrated because we can't get there in an in a appropriate time that we make up ourselves that you end up not achieving some of your goals. So, and, and then the second one is kind of like the supporting thing. And it's called, for me, it was, it's like maker warrior and how you utilize the way you work is interesting. Yeah. I wonder, it's funny because I wonder how much of that, um, frustration around cool, seeing what could be possible, not being able to physically do it and having to put time into learning it is one part of it is well, I mean, it's all self-imposed at some level, sure. but one part of it is probably like, okay, like I, you know, I have to do this in this amount of time or it's going to really frustrate me. And then there's a part of that is this probably being informed by people are looking to me to like make things yeah. show up, create things yeah. or be this thing. And every project that I've done that yeah. like matters deeply to me has come out of doing what you just said, where you put in a lot of work for a lot of time. Right. And that almost looks from the outside looking like in, nothing. like there's a dead zone. Yeah. Like, what is this guy fucking doing? Absolutely. Like, where has he been? What's going on? Like, I don't see anything. And then all of a sudden, you get something you that you're proud of yeah. that you've been working on for a long time. Right. Yeah, that took a, to, took a while. And it, I think a lot of that, like, pressure is, you know, there's part of it that's, self-imposed and then there's part of it that is you projecting onto what are people hoping to see from mm. you to where especially Maybe. like for me i think that is it's like when i go it's it's funny because i feel the most healthy when i work on things like that and those mm-hmm. are also the times when i go the longest and have nothing to show for my work mm-hmm. until that thing right like happens and it's it's cool and nobody probably cares you know mm-hmm. at least that's the thing. Not as much play. as you do. Yeah. Yeah. Or you don't know, I guess. The Cat and Cloud podcast is sponsored by Steeped Coffee. Steeped Coffee is a new brewing method that combines specialty craft coffee into a single serving bag. You don't need a machine. You don't have to make a mess no matter where you are. All you have to do is add hot water. Each steep pack is individually sealed in nitrogen flush, so it stays fresh. And it's got this special immersion filter. And the filter is ultrasonic sealed, which means it's sealed together with no glue, no staples, so there's no weird stuff floating around in your coffee. Steeped is a benefit B Corp. They ethically source all their coffee. Their packaging is fully compostable, and they believe that business should be done without compromise. You can get your hands on Steeped Coffee at steepedcoffee.com. That's S-T-E-E-P-E-D coffee.com. 
asking your local retail stores to start carrying steeped or having your favorite roaster reach out and get in touch. If you happen to be in Santa Cruz, come on by any of the Cat and Cloud locations. We have it there for you. Basically, they're just doing their best to change the coffee industry and make your life more convenient with their pre-portioned, pre-ground innovation. So tell all your friends. Well, my my issue, well, I, I'll I'll say I'll take music for instance, right? It's like the thing about, at least what I believe about myself, whether it's up being true or not, is that I can hear when it's actually good, in in result, and. I believe that I actually can, right? Because I listen to enough music where I'm like, that's fucking genius and good and it's well put together, et cetera, et cetera. And so if I make something that I'm kind of psyched on one night and I listen to it to the next day, I'm like, oh, this is not remotely where it needs to be. There's parts of it that I like, but that's kind of going to, that'll be the part for me in the context of what I was saying and being able to have a clear vision is like, oh, that's not working. And that's where it kind of can become frustrating. It's like, stick with it and keep reworking something. And yeah. it's just like, um, what's it going to take to help you get to that level? And so for me, I think what I've decided, which you can't quote me on seeing this through is that I'm going to try to just <laughs> reimagine some covers to start. Cause that's going to teach me the skill set to be able to utilize the equipment that I'll learn along the way to make whatever I want that just comes out of me. Sure. Right. And so if I'm reimagining something, it's like, I at least have a baseline of something that I already like. Right. So then I can just kind of fuck with it then. And as long as it, it turns out to be something at all, at least it's something that I can kind of recognize and be like, okay, that was fun. And, and that's a start because I'm yeah. learning in that process. Which totally makes sense because it's like, oh, okay, uh, let's say I'm learning to play the trumpet. I'm not going to write my own songs right off the bat, even though there's music inside me. Yeah. I'm going to learn how the fucking instrument works. I'm going to play some other songs that I dig with and then like, then you're learning how it's like anything, you know? Right. That's cool. Well, yeah. When you, when people sign themselves to, uh, whatever, become an official artist, right. And they release an album. It's, and they're theoretically, I don't know if we talked about this last week or not, but like they're reduced to having to make more music. I think maybe I just talked about it over the weekend. It becomes kind of a shit show when it's your job to make more because then you're kind of forced to do something that prior was all about the creative space and time. So your first album might've been 10 years of work. And you might have 20 songs in you, but you delivered the 11 songs that you're the most excited about that would actually work for this album. And then it's like, now you're a, uh, you got influence, you got fame in some capacity. People are excited for your next album. It needs to be out in two years. And it's like, well, it took me 10 years to make this album. Yeah. How the fuck am I going to make two years an album? Did you listen to that Jewel podcast? That's no, but you're, uh, Holy I'm going to revisit it. Holy shit. Ben Yeoman uh, in Made of Many in, in Australia. He's a homie. And he and you both are like, you got to listen to it. He, so she was telling the story of her first album. And I knew a little bit about her. Not a lot, but I guess she's an Alaskan homesteader. I didn't know that. Like her family came from, I can't even remember where. And they grew up, you know, no running water, everything from the stream, no septic, outhouse, killing what they eat. You know, they'd go into town once a week in Anchorage maybe. is. Anyway, when she, she had an like an abusive relationship with her dad. They're super cool now, yeah. I guess, but her, her family life was just, it got weird for a little bit. So she's like, I'm fucking out of here. Came to California, was completely homeless, not really sure what to do. And she'd always played guitar and just kind of performed with the family at, you know, bars yeah. and like stuff. Around. Yeah. Just whatever. Awesome. Yeah. 
the nomad <laughs> family who plays music. Yeah, it's exactly. Classic. Yeah. So I guess she went to a bunch of coffee shops because she's just living out of her car mm-hmm. and like, hey, you know, um, can I play music here? And I'll take part of the door and people turn her down. And then there's this one coffee shop that was going out of business. And she's like, just let me play music here. You know, you're, you're going to close down anyway. Worst case scenario, we'll try this out. You, you know, you think you could run this place for another month and we'll just see what happens. So she just started playing there. And, you know, first night it was two people. And then over the course of a few months, it got super insanely popular. And to where it was like lying out the door, just fully. Just like, to see her. Just to see but her. But also the coffee shop. And the coffee shop ended up thriving and staying in business. But she that's how she got discovered. And when it came time to figure out what to do for her her record deal, they offered. This, this, at this point in time, she's playing in coffee shops. Yeah is homeless the only money she has is the cut that she takes from the door mm-hmm. and they're basically flashing this like million dollar advance at her face and like hey like we'll give you this advance like one million bucks and you know this is your contract and you create this many albums and blah 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 Ugh. so she, she basically went to the library got herself as educated as possible and then negotiated this incredibly baller ass deal where she's like, I don't want any money. I just need a tiny bit of money right now to cover food and expenses. And she at the time negotiated the biggest back end deal. So usually the advance is front loaded and you right. make like and kind of peanuts punked. off the album. Yep. So she's making a ton off the back end of the album and it didn't sell right away. She's like, all I wanted to do was make the music that I wanted to make. Mm-hmm. And if I took all the money up front, I'm basically a slave to the contract right. and have to do whatever I want to do. Yeah. So she made that one album. It didn't do well. She kept believing in it, toured, like pumped it up and then got connected with a couple other famous artists. And then that was the album that blew up when mm-hmm. she was like on MTV right. when we were kids the or God whatever. Was one of us and all that album. And yeah. um, then she didn't make nah, any music for a while. Uh-huh. And she's like, it's but she's really, okay to do she's that. All, it's really weird when you go off the radar because people literally think something's wrong with you. Uh-huh. And she's like, there was nothing wrong with me. I just didn't want to make like music right then. And then when she started making music again, she's like, oh, I want to do this kind of album. I want to do that kind of album. I want to do this kind of album. And all things that weren't very popular, but the way she set up her situation is that she was so cheap for the label to carry because when she made new work, she would take care of, like most of it herself rad to where it was just peanuts to keep her on so she's like all i wanted was creative freedom yeah i just want to make what i want to make i don't care if i'm famous or not right like, i don't you know if it takes me 10 years to for, to your point to yeah. make another album that's fine yeah. i don't really care about being famous yeah i just have music inside me mm-hmm. like i, I want to share something yeah i have something mm-hmm. to share and i don't want it to be something that i don't want it to she's just so smart like smarter mm-hmm. than you would think uh, a teenager could ever be in yeah. terms of negotiating things and doing things that she has no training for yeah living off the land will do that to you (laughs) that's yeah i think that's part of it for real and i was like dude this this girl's fucking amazing i didn't know that she had to she knew how to figure things out i'm sure if you live if you grew up doing that you have to learn how to figure out everything so she probably was just not naive to the fact that if they're gonna throw a million dollars at me out the gate something's up and yeah, that, that you know, like to and so all these little things along that. the way. She just talks a lot about making the harder decisions. You know, she was living somewhere for betterment for the, and long the landlord. Yeah, and her landlord was 
you know, she ran out of money and she was like, Hey, I can, I can do this for the rent. I can, you know, or no, Oh no, it wasn't that it was, she had a job somewhere and her boss withheld her paycheck and was like, you're not getting your paycheck unless you sleep with me. Damn. And she's like, man. And she's really open about, you know, when that happens to you and you don't have any money, Gnarly. you think about everything. Yeah. Like you consider all the options. You're like, well, I could do that and mm-hmm. then I could get the money and that would make this a lot easier. And then I wouldn't have to worry about sleeping outdoors. And totally. I mean, there's no way you wouldn't. So she's think about she's your like options. open about running the scenarios through mm-hmm. in her head. But then she talks a lot about, you know, I, you know, I just made the decision that like I have these values and I have to live by these values, even if they put me in incredible places of pain for short or even long periods of time. I just have to believe and I'm a huge advocate for living by this code and like doing what's right for you internally that's going to be the best bet for you for the long term Mm. even if it means you have to slug through the shit and then the reason I actually forward it to you I mean she talks about the music which I think that was inspirational to me too but she seems to have incredibly high emotional intelligence and she has takes all of these things that people um like will attack in therapy Mm -hmm. and she runs a foundation that is like, okay, these coping skills or life skills or critical thinking skills or emotional development skills are kind of rolled up in this little tiny ball and they only exist in this place that is therapy where you one-on-one pay someone a bunch of money and you do this thing. She's like, this stuff is just a part of life and should be taught in school. Cool. Like we're teaching people <laughs> math. We're teaching people all of these things in public education, but we're missing out on a lot of life skills that to her are, were passed down by tradition. So she had an mm. adoptive family of like indigenous people when she ran away from home and mm-hmm. she was like taken in. And that was like a, a huge influence right. on her because they talk about these things, you know, maybe they call it spirituality or whatever it is, but she's you like, can call it whatever you want. It's, so she has, cultures. she has basically developed a curriculum with uh, like a group of people and has a foundation. And their goal is to get that curriculum adopted by, um, like educate like schools and yeah so they're running a pilot somewhere right now wow it's it's ongoing so they're cool. gonna try it out in some district i can't remember where and see how it goes and I, I thought that was really awesome too because uh-huh. through you know different people have different views of therapy or what therapy is sure. and i think therapy might not even be the right word for it i mean we're really just talking about life skills <laughs> And emotional intelligence skills at some level. A lot, a lot and, of points, yeah. You know, because therapy is like a loaded word, right? It, it It's kind of, you don't learn to do math because there's something wrong with you right, or right. you need to do but math. It's just a skill a that you have. Yeah, like, totally. you know, so you don't need to do therapy just because you're fucked or something. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, there's some some techniques that you can use to make your journey through life a little bit easier. Right. I think with more clarity help or, you cope, or help you think, yeah, help like you process. And if you don't have those skills, like you're probably going to be a, a victim to like, it's going to be really easy to not live by your values. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really easy to take the shortcut. It's going to be really easy to make decisions that you don't right. Get walked don't over realize are going against the core of who you are in that moment. But looking back on them, you're like, oh, f- shit. Yeah. You know? So that was, that was why I thought it was really interesting. I'm pumped. I'm, I've been thinking about the new year too, and just kind of getting into that zone 
diving into those projects that feel a little bit longer form and letting go of some stuff that's not really working and it's it's funny to get in that zone it's it's cool it's yeah yeah it's pretty mm-hmm. in the in the midst of the the little bits of page turn that's that's just what's it's what's on the mind and then i don't i don't know how it how it pans out for me quite yet in hyper clarity but i don't need it to be hyper clear right now i mean i know there's a few things that i am excited about that are pretty direct that we can work on over the next few years yeah but at the same time it reminded me because what it, it also showed is like what will drain you even if you still can do it and do it well and what typically will drain your energy and to be able to you know i need to spend some time i just did this two days ago and i'm reading he, he sends like three follow-up emails so, and then you could theoretically buy the book or not but i'm i'm gonna spend some time just looking at these things and reflecting which i do anyway but i have the opportunity now to kind of reflect in a different way than i ever have and so and just think about those kind of projects which i feel like you do actually a pretty good job at. i, I do the, the, but i'm interested to see i'd love for you to take it just to see if there's some similarity in us or not and i think there is yeah i, I mean i'm for sure there i think is. like different avenues for similar vibe i i do a pretty good job with it i'm like the biggest hump that i've been coming over lately is just and we've talked about it before, but that feeling of that's totally in my mind, but that feeling of people watching you and wondering what and sitting through the nothing until you have something. And sometimes that nothing, which isn't really nothing, it's like yeah. the progress. It just lasts for a really long time. And but that that's where the like that's where the magic is and liminal space. Well, these are things that I, I like to share with other people. And I think people kind of know intuitively, but it's really hard to do that. Like, like let's say you engage in the process of making music and you're like, Hey, like, I know that this is important to me. This gives me energy. This is how I need to figure it out. I'm not going to be like, cool. I'm dropping an album next year. Yeah. And put that pressure on me because the outcome isn't really the important part like mm-hmm. the journey from the the things that you're doing every day is where you learn about yourself like right. that's how you can connect with yourself connect with other people and sometimes you just have to do the work to kind of get to what the next version of the work will be or discover what you actually want to do right and to get to that place where like oh this is what i have to share with people and that that's always been a part of me, but the business owner thing has blunted it a little bit, I think. Well, I mean, that's where you could draw a little bit back to like last podcast that was released, the giving, you know, 70, 80% when you normally give 100, 110. I mean, and I, I was remembering like somehow feeling like I had to come. Lead. So I, I missed my first orientation. I missed leading the first one ever this previous Monday. And I remember laughing on the way on my trip and going like, dude, that's funny that the first one I missed is this one, not the first one I missed was two days after I had appendix surgery and somehow told myself I had to come lead orientation. Yeah. And like nobody told me I had to lead orientation, but for some reason I felt like I had to show up and lead orientation, right? Yeah. And at the same time, to your point of like all that extra space, it's like, there needs to be time for you to be the round full person that you can be. And 
being able to explore these other options actually will make you better and me better at yes. leading in our company if I allow the space for it. If you don't allow the space for it and I tell myself, especially in these moments when I actually don't have specifically a thing specifically to dive into in the company with the exception of some of this coffee stuff that I'm doing right now prior to these bigger projects. It's like if I was like, I have to go 100% only the company, then I'm going to sit all day kind of feeling like shit. Yeah. Kind of feeling tired, not feel, for sure feeling tired, for sure feeling stressed, for sure feeling down on myself because I'm not producing and giving 100, well, I am giving 100%, but I'm not doing anything. And therefore, you just sit there feeling kind of worthless. And you don't have to feel that way when you're able to allow yourself the space to be like, something good is coming for me, for this place, for us if I allow myself the space to let my brain process and think and create without so much stress to create. And then something, that's where the magic, I mean, think about this whole company. It was not a plan. We didn't set, (laughs) this company was not a plan by any means. And we both had an interim phase and all directions ended up pointing us to this company. And it was not direct at all all it was all through a bunch of weird different shit and now we have cat and cloud and it was yeah i mean that's like a weird story to unpack that's not worth unpacking now but there was no no plan when i left verve in 2014 to start another coffee company there was a plan to go help some other friends make their coffee company rad and you were doing your kind of exploration into starting a company slash thing and Charles was doing finance, and none of us were like, we're going to come together and make a, make a company. Well, it was funny because before that, we were kind of talking about it, and it didn't really work. And it wasn't until we had that little interim time. We had stuff to learn. And then it was more like, oh, cool. We all have a different perspective. And then it was like, what if? Mm-hmm. What if? Right. You know, all these great things start with a question. Always. Like, like, like what yeah. if this was possible? Mm-hmm. And then you do the, the one thing. Right. Okay, cool. We did the one thing. Well, and prior to our one thing, it was just go sit in our car and try to record a podcast because, (laughs) and, and try to restart our blog up because it was like, well, we got to do something. And even that was, had no, no intention of becoming a company at all. Yeah. And I think that I know. Oh yeah. But we started our company through that podcast before we even started our company. That is a trip. Right? Yeah. And it's like, uh, we didn't. But it, it all just came down to, okay, some, some expression needs to happen. Some sort of form of creation and sharing and teaching and whatever the case may be and not, not allowing ourselves to just get sucked into only working when we have more to give, but we don't know how to give it. So this is the way we know how to give it for now. And then it all started unfolding. Uh, outro. I kind of like the outro we did. The song one? It's kind of weird. and I No, feel, I like it. It feels I kind of feel like we shouldn't try to do an outro that feels like we're trying to do an outro. Yeah, dude. Unless it's very, very tight because I'm ah. like, like everybody knows what to do, yeah, right? Yeah. Everybody knows Push the button. what you're going to ask for. Everybody, you don't really need to say, oh, right. subscribe and like or whatever because it's kind of implied in I mean, this kind of format thing. Point, or it's like if, if you follow podcasts. If you're doing something well enough, to, to where people want to tell someone yeah. about it, you know, they will. Yeah.